So it was probably about 2 a.m. in the morning on an abandoned logging road somewhere in the middle of nowhere in the mountains of Oklahoma. I had one of the biggest aha breakthroughs and lessons learned about leadership, about focus, about finding joy in the process. Now, if you are somewhere that you are working towards some type of change and you're uncomfortable, you may be in pain, physical, mental, emotional, and you may be wondering, man, can I keep going? Can I keep taking steps toward this goal, toward this 2.0 version of me that I really want? But my gosh, this is so uncomfortable. This is so hard. And things are just falling apart. This story, the lesson I learned rocking in the middle of the night in the godforsaken area of Oklahoma is just the story that may bring you some hope, bring you some fire, and show you the three things you can use to continue taking steps successfully toward the goal, the result, or the outcome that you really, really want. Now, if that sounds fascinating, if that sounds helpful, keep on listening. Hi, I'm Joseph Olschlager, and what you're about to experience is a brand new approach toward optimizing your health, wellness, and fitness so that you can fully thrive in both business and in life. But get ready, because we're going against industry norms and we're saying no to hacks, shortcuts, fad diets, and tunnel vision on physique and appearance, and saying yes to simple, timeless principles of health and wellness to build a clear, powerful mind, a strong, capable body, and resilient vitality. So you can go get out there and fully pursue your purpose, maximize your impact, and live a deeply fulfilling, satisfying life. Welcome to the Optimized for Impact podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Optimized for Impact podcast. Or if you're new here, welcome. My name is Joseph, and this podcast is a podcast for those who want to elevate their health fitness, mindset, or leadership so that they can go get out there and more fully live their lives, lives rich in adventure, opportunities, experiences, and impact. Now, today on the show, I wanted to share a story of hope. Now, many times when you're seeking change, when people are in that place of realizing that there is more out there and Maybe you're feeling discontent with your current circumstances, situations, level of results that could be in um, finances, that could be in your health, right? But there's some desire to change. And in my experience, usually we don't change until there's some discomfort or pain. And so a lot of change comes from oftentimes a place of unhappiness, discontent, and pain. And that's not a bad thing because oftentimes we do need that little bit of a nudge. If we're comfortable, we're not likely to change, right? If things are going good, why do something different? If it's not broke, don't fix it, right? As our grandparents would say. And so I wanted to speak to if you're in that place right now, if you're listening and there's some change you want to make, 
and you are in pain, maybe not physical, perhaps, um, could be emotional, could be mental, maybe spiritual, if you're a spiritual person, and you feel that pull, you feel that discomfort, realizing that where you're at, the let's say the 1.0 version of you, the present, is not who you want to be anymore. You want to be over in the next spot, which is the 2.0 version of you. And now there's that tension because now that you have identified that you want to be somewhere else and where you want to be is not where you are, there's usually that discomfort or that pain. And so I wanted to share a story that I hope helps or hopes gives you some hope where you're at as well as some encouragement to stay the process, to go with it, to stick with it and to know that things will get better. There is a light at the end of the tunnel and it is not a train. All right. So here's the story. This is a story from 20-year-old Joseph, which is terrifying to think about. And years ago, when I was 19, 20, I went to a program, flew down from Central Oregon, where I lived my entire life up to that point, flew down to Texas. And in the corner of Northeast Texas, in the Texas, like, kind of jungle, this trash area of the country, Bless you if you live there. Um, but Northeast Texas is kind of gross, especially if you're from the Pacific Northwest. And this program was a multidimensional uh, program for young men. It was one part a leadership school, one part a emergency response school. So learning how to be like an EMT, wilderness first responder, that type of thing. Um, and then one part, a mentorship program. So leadership, mentorship, and emergency response skills. Really interesting mix, right? Um, and this program was very much like a military basic training. So when you show up, you get off the bus, and essentially you you have drill instructors, and they start you know yelling at you. Then they're not mean like in the military. Like this is a private group, so they aren't like actually like cussing you or doing mean things, but they, they do want to make it an intense situation. Um, and so, you know, they're, they're yelling at you. They're like making you do push-ups. They're running you around. They cut off your hair. Um, everyone got buzz cuts. They take away your cell phones, your watches. You don't have any concept of what day it is, what time it is. Um, and this program goes on for nine to 12 weeks. Okay. So like, just to give you an idea, um, it's like a military basic training. And part of what this program does to prepare you for emergency response, whether that's um, wilderness expeditions like trekking out in the mountains to do search and rescue and recovery or whatever, is you do a ton of rocking, similar to the mil military, right? And we were on the biggest ruck of the program. So this was five to six weeks into the program. They slowly, they... They ruck you further and further. You start out with like a 30 minute, then you go to like a two hour, then a four hour, then a six hour, then a 12 hour. And then we were doing the 24 hour ruck, literally hiking around the clock. The total distance of that ruck was about 
somewhere between 50 to 70 miles. You're wearing 30 plus pound packs and it's around the clock. Now remember, we none of us have watches. None of us have phones. Like when you're in this program, you are literally closed out from the entire world. You could get letters, like physical paper letters from family. That was it. And so we're on this ruck. And since we we didn't know anything, we didn't know when it was like when it was ending. We had no idea where the finish line was. And that if you've ever if you have not ever been in a situation, and it's it's hard to conceptualize now when we have our smartphones right here and we can just jump on Google Maps or know exactly what's going on everywhere in the world by jumping on social media. When you're in a situation where all of that is taken away from you, it is a level of psychological coping and stress that is very unique. It's very, very intense. And so think about this. We are, it's the middle of the night, it's pitch black. We're somewhere up in Oklahoma. They bust us out somewhere. We have no idea where we are. At dawn, we started hiking. We don't know what time it is. And we have no idea what time it is. We have no way to gauge the passing of time. This is the middle of the night right now. We, we hiked all day and now it's nighttime. And during the day was okay. Yes, it hurt. Think 12 hours of just constant heavy hiking. You're getting exhausted, you're getting sore. And then nighttime hits. And psychologically, nighttime was a totally different animal. Time crawls at night when you have no concept of where you are, where the finish line is, when this ends. It is a, this part, you hurt. My feet were bleeding. I had blisters, multiple blisters all over my feet. And when you are in the dark, trudging along in pain, Every single step, blood was like soaking my sock. My blisters were aching. It was excruciating. And you have no idea when this ends. It's dark. You got no idea where you are in the country. You're on some logging road in the hills of Oklahoma. We didn't even know it was Oklahoma at that point. We just knew we got on a bus for a couple hours. And in that moment... I was completely inside my head, completely wrapped up in how much my feet hurt, how exhausted I was. Would I make it? I had no idea. I wanted to quit. I just wanted the pain to stop. Like, like when, do we, when do we end hiking? And we had no idea of knowing. And in that moment, something happened that I have never forgotten to this day. I learned this incredibly valuable lesson thanks to my leadership. Now, at that point, we were five to six weeks into this program and I had been encouraged from my cadre, the program's leaders, they saw some leadership potential in me and they had been, they had made me the leader of my platoon and my squad. So uh, quickly, a platoon is made up of squads and squads have made up are made up of six to 12 guys. So I was the leader of my squad, six to 12 guys, and then I was also the leader, the student leader, essentially, of my entire platoon. So four squads of six to 12 guys. And so as the leader of first platoon, it was my job to set the example. And it was my job to make sure my entire platoon made it through this hike. And so the, there was a guy who was struggling, who was falling back behind the entire group as we were hiking on. 
And my leader said, Hey, Joe, you got to go back and bring like catch, catch him up to the group. And so I run back to him and he was falling behind the whole column. And what I did was I, what you do is you help pull people. So we had these like carabiners, we'd hook two carabiners onto clips on our backpacks. And then we'd have a piece of cord someone could grab and hold on to like a handle and you would run back you'd have the struggling guy he wants to quit he's in pain too and he's just like oh this is it and you'd have him grab onto the cord and you would literally hike him or jog him dragging him basically holding on to your cord to catch back up with the group and so the leadership is like hey since you're the leader like you need to be in charge of like going back and grabbing these guys and when I did that, immediately my focus shifted. It focused from me thinking about myself, my pain, my bleeding blistered feet to encouraging this guy that I didn't want to quit. He was in my, my, my platoon and I felt responsibility as the student leader to make sure this guy doesn't want to quit. And he's moaning and he's crying and he's, he's on the edge of, of wanting to drop out. And... I didn't want to let that happen as the leader. I'm like, no, 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 this is, this is my platoon. And in that moment, when my focus shifted from my pain, my situation, looking inward on how miserable I was to an outward focus of like, how do I encourage this guy? How do I keep him in the game? How do I keep him physically up with the group so he doesn't fall too far back and get disqualified? And when I made that shift from inward focus to outward, all of a sudden, my pain was much less. I was no longer thinking about my pain. I didn't feel my feet as much. Yes, it still hurt. But when I was focusing on hyping up the guys, keeping everyone up on the column, encouraging them, you know, like slapping them on their backpacks, being like, you got this, let's go, like, like keep up with the column. I felt my pain and my discomfort and my misery so much less. And that aha moment of, oh my goodness, an outward focus of serving other people tangibly can one, dial down the inner turmoil, pain and discomfort that I may feel when I'm just looking and staring at my own pain and my own problems, what I don't like. And it dials up joy and stoke and purpose and meaning of serving other individuals. And it was that shift of inward to outward, self to service that made the shift for me. And from that moment on, the rest of the night, I just hyped people, pulled people, encouraged people. And the rest of that hike was so much easier for me because my focus was outwards and on service and not on my own pain. I have never forgotten that aha moment. And 12 years later, now, I realize as I was thinking back on this, that this fits any type of change that we go through, right? I coach nutrition and health. And oftentimes when individuals come looking for those coaching, as I talked about earlier, they're in some type of discomfort. They're in some type of pain, emotional, psychological, physical. And the lesson that I learned in that ruck, I believe all of us can apply when we are in that pain and discomfort of wanting to make some change in life, wanting to go after some goal, be it a body composition goal, 
such as losing fat, whether it's um, getting stronger because you're in some injury or you've had some um, trauma to your body, or whether it's emotional, some level of um, body dysmorphia or just good old-fashioned heartbreak or people saying mean things directed at you for some reason, right? And so here are the takeaways that I'd like to share with you. I have three three takeaways from the lesson I learned that night in that rock 12 years ago in the middle of nowhere in Oklahoma and to how we can apply that to where we're at right now in moments of pain and discomfort seeking change. And the three takeaways are the first one is you and I fully control where we place our focus. The second one is the difference of outwards versus inwards focus. And the third is focusing on the process versus the outcome. So let's start with the first one. Fully control where we place our focus. You and I have many things in life we can't control. We cannot control what other people do. We cannot control what other people say. We cannot control what other people think about us. We cannot control what other people say about us, other people. We cannot always control what people do to us. Right? But here's the thing we always can control. We can, can always can fully 100% control how we respond to what happens in life. And that response is based on where our focus is. When you focus on the fact that you have the absolute power to choose your response, and when you begin to focus on and learn to place your focus on that choice, all of a sudden you gain a ton of personal power. Because when someone says something mean to you, it's happened to me. It's terrible, right? It's a horrible feeling. Many times we lash out in response. Well, they said that. And so then I did this. Right? Or they did something mean. And so I did this. And many times we are tempted to allow them, their decisions, their words to control us. Because our focus is on how bad that made us feel, how angry that made us feel, or how miserable that made us feel, or hurt. And that's real, and it is often a good thing to acknowledge, but when we focus on the fact that no matter what people say or do, their actions don't make us respond. We choose our response. And so when we choose how we respond to people, we can influence what happens in our lives. This is huge because when we react and when we let other people, when we let other people control us and say, oh, well, because they said that, said something mean to me, you know, I had to quit my job, right? That's not a very good example, but I hope you get the point. But rather, and like, so we let other people control our outcomes. I now no longer have a job because they were being mean. However, when we own our response and we focus on that choice, someone can be mean to us and be really crappy, 
But if we choose to say, you know what? That's the way they are, but I will do X, Y, and Z. All of a sudden we pivot the potential outcomes, results, and, and um, endpoints, what our life, where our life will go, what we can accomplish by focusing on the fact that we have the responsibility to act. We have the responsibility and the control to respond. In that hike, on that night, I had the ability to place my focus on other people, and that was key. My leadership help showed me that, because if I didn't realize, oh my goodness, I can control where I place my focus, then I probably would have been like, well, because I am in pain, I am going to be miserable. Because my feet are bleeding, I am going to quit. Because my blisters are so excruciating, I need to stop. But when I realize, oh my goodness, I can focus on choosing something different. I can choose to focus on other people. All of a sudden, the outcome that probably would have happened, the fact I may have quit, was massively shifted because I was able to change where I put my focus. Okay, so that point number one was a little bit rambly, but we get to choose where we place our focus. Point number two is outwards versus inwards. Now, I already covered this a little bit in the story, so I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on this, but when I was focused inwards on myself, I was miserable. Dwelling on my own pain, dwelling on my own discomfort, but when I shifted my focus outwards on how I could serve other individuals, how I could bring the rest of the people in my, my platoon, in my squad, successfully to the finish line, I was filled with joy, purpose, and excitement, energy. I still felt the pain, yes, but it was much less. It was overcome by the joy and the purpose and the um, thrill, if you will, of serving other people, of empowering other people, of encouraging other people. And that's not to say that focusing on yourself isn't a bad thing. For example, airlines, they always say, right, hey, if you have kids and there's a problem and the oxygen masks fall, Put on your own before your kids because you need to be able to stay conscious and stay engaged so you can help other people. So focusing on yourself isn't always a bad thing. Putting yourself first is not always a bad thing. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that when our focus is on our pain, our discomfort, and how miserable we are, we can instantly change that by choosing, point number one, to focus outwards. And this is the craziest point of this whole thing. And that is that if you wish to maximize your joy, impact, growth, and success, then giving and serving other people will streamline that. This is the paradox of service, servant leadership or the paradox of giving. And that is that you always receive back more than you give. So in the five laws of, stratos in the five laws of stratospheric success, in the book, The Go-Giver, they talk about two laws, the law of compensation and the law of influence. And the law of compensation states that your income or what you get is determined by how many people you serve and how well you serve them. And the law of influence is that your influence is determined by how abundantly you place other people's interests first. So, if you wish to maximize or 
increase, rapidly increase, it may get faster, the amount of joy, stoke, energy, positivity, or success you have in your own life and focusing more on how you can serve other people and how you can bring them joy and bring them hope is going to rapidly bring back more joy, hope, and stoke into your life with that paradox of giving. The more you put out, the more you give, the more and even the faster you will receive that back. It's like investing. You invest a dollar, you get three back. That is the paradox of giving, and that is how powerful an outwards focus can be. When you major on serving other people, and when you spend more time in that outwards focus, you will be amazed at how fast results begin to flow back to you. The paradox of service. Say, so, outwards focus is powerful. Choosing and knowing that you have full control over where you place your focus is key. And the final point is to focus on the process versus the outcome. So here's the biggest problem with most self-development, self-help programs out there seeking any type of success or any type of result helping you get somewhere is that many times they tell you to constantly visualize and obsess about your goal. Do mantras, um, write the goal out 30 times every day, visualize it every day, three times a day, five times a day of your perfect day, you being there. And it's not to say that any of those things are bad. However, the problem is, is that when you spend the majority of your focus looking at and being wrapped up in the outcome, you're not going to get there. Because focusing on the goal is good for a little bit. But how do you actually get somewhere? It's the process. It's the actions you take, right? And so this is like if you punch in an address on your car's GPS. That's the outcome. That's the goal. It's where you want to go. If you spend the next three hours just thinking about the end and picturing the end and how amazing it's going to be, be there, how amazing it's going to be when you get there, and how epic your travels, your trip is going to be, and how smooth it's going to be. You're not going to like hit any traffic. You're not going to get stuck behind any accidents. And you spend all your time focusing on the outcome, the dream outcome, but you don't focus on driving. You're going to still be in your driveway. You're not going to be anywhere closer to your goal. And so the focusing on the process, focusing on the actions that actually make you successful is key. And here's the other problem with focusing primarily on the outcome or on the results that you want rather than the process is that it can be very depressing and demoralizing. For example, when I was focusing on during that ruck, just wanting it to end. When is the end? When do I get there? It led to all sorts of a spiral of thoughts like, oh my goodness, like, no, I have no idea when it's going to end. It could be forever. It feels like forever. Um, like, who knows? Like, it just like it just led to more worry, anxiety, and doubt about, could I do this? When will it end? Will this ever end? Type of thing. And the same with weight loss, for example. When people focus on the number on the scale, like, oh my gosh, like, I still 
weigh this number. Oh my goodness, I have this many more pounds to lose. I'm so far away from my goal. It seems so impossible. It's so far away. There's so much to do. It can be demoralizing and depressing straight up. But, but when you set the goal, you look up, set the goal, and then begin to focus on the process, focus on the actions that will take you there. Focus on finding joy in that process. All of a sudden, things changed. So for me, instead of just focusing on like, oh my gosh, when is this going to end? When we get there, I have no idea when it's going to end. Oh, I just want to be to the end. I focused on how can I help this guy catch back up? That's the process. That's what we had to do to get to the end. Instead of obsessing and worrying about when the outcome will get here, when the result will get here, I found joy and I found purpose by focusing on the here and now, the present. What can I do right now that will move us closer to the outcome? Because I knew that if we kept hiking, if I kept pulling guys up to the column, if I kept high-fiving them and um, getting them hyped, keeping them positive, then we would get to the outcome. I didn't have to worry about it. It was going to happen. But if I had just kept my mind obsessed on when is this going to end, like unfortunately many guys did on that hike, that would have left me more miserable. It left them more miserable. And so focusing on the process is powerful because one, that's what you actually have to do to be successful. And two, it allows you to more oftentimes find joy, find hope, and find purpose when you focus on the process and the action steps and the fact that you are moving. And here's two, two ways to do this that I highly suggest. One is to serve other people, as we've talked about. The, the paradox of giving. You get back more than you receive. Outward focus and focusing on how you can serve other people brings joy, it brings hope, and it brings stoke. There's so much purpose and there's so much positivity when you bring joy, hope, and service to the lives of other people. So that's something that can infuse a ton of joy into the process, even if you are uncomfortable, even if there is pain happening. Focus outwards on serving other people. And then second, and maybe most importantly, is to celebrate your wins. Celebrate every single stinking step forward that you take. It's oftentimes so hard for us to celebrate the little things. If you're trying to get healthier, it's hard to celebrate drinking a glass of water, but it helps. It builds health. It moves you closer to that 2.0 version of you, the outcome, the finish line. It's little, but it's powerful because those are the things that add up over time and move us closer and eventually allow us to get to where we want to be. And so celebrate your tiny wins. Celebrate every step along the way and look outwards and serve other people. That is a powerful two-step or two-piece combo to create a ton of joy, a ton of hope, and a ton of purpose while you are in the process of going from where you currently are that you don't want to be to where you want to go, the outcome you want, the person you wish to be. And so for me, that night on the rock, in the middle of all my pain, those three lessons shone through. And those three lessons allowed me to be successful that night. None of my guys quit. Everyone got across the finish line, myself included. 
And it allowed me to find joy while I was in the process, while I was uncomfortable, while I was in pain. And the three things, I want to give them to you once more, the three lessons that allowed me to do that and that I hope will allow you to find joy in your process, even if it's uncomfortable, is to one, remember that you get to choose where you place your focus. And you get to choose how you respond to the circumstances, the situations, the level of results you currently have, and the people who are in your life. You can't control what they do. You can't control what they say. And you can't always control the outcome. But you can influence the outcome by choosing how you respond. And choosing that response comes from always remembering and focusing on the fact that you have 100% control over how you respond in every situation. Number two is outwards focus. Focus on how you can serve other people, how you can uplift others, how you can bring even just a little hint of joy, hope, and stoke into their lives. And then three is to focus primarily on the process and not the outcome to focus on the steps that it takes to get to where you want to be, to find joy in that process, and not just obsess about the results, the outcomes, and how far you have left to go. So I hope this helps. I hope that that story and these concepts about focus and about service and leadership, if you are in that place where you are seeking to make a change and it's uncomfortable and sometimes it just feels like it's not going to happen, I hope you can remember those three things and I hope that this story brings you a little hope and maybe a little bit of joy as well. That's all I have for today. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Now, if you found this show helpful, if you found this encouraging or inspiring, my one request is that you share it with a friend, a family member, or somebody who would really benefit from hearing this same message as well. Finally, guys, If you have any feedback, if you have any questions, if you have any topics you'd like to be covered on this podcast, please reach out to me either at Instagram, my handle is itscoachjoseph, or you can email me at itscoachjoseph at gmail.com. Thanks again for tuning in, guys, and I'll see you next week on the 22nd episode of the Optimize for Impact podcast. Take care.